0: Hi, this is Coach Colette, and welcome to another episode of Financial Fridays. Well, Tuesday marked the start of Hispanic Heritage Month, and Wednesday marked Mexican Independence Day. And so I decided to start some research around these concepts because in reality, the word Hispanic really does not do justice to the multinational, multicultural, and multilingual group of communities that were consolidated into Hispanic heritage. Not to mention, it doesn't capture fully Latino culture or Latinx culture. So it was 1980 that the first year that the US Census offered Hispanic as an option to describe your ethnic identity on the short form. And it allowed people to choose to identify as Spanish slash Hispanic. And this included people who identified as Mexican, Mexican Mexican-American, Chicano, Puerto Rican, Cuban, or other Spanish slash Hispanic. Originally, federal recognition of a single Hispanic ethnic identity was a strategic goal of many community organizers who hoped to create a more collective identity that people from the countries that were colonized by Spain could use to exert their political and economic power. It was an idea to leverage the power to identify and start to amplify shared concerns and improve the conditions of the people. So there was a positive aspect of this in terms of helping people to come together and identify under this umbrella, if you will. But then we can't ignore the fact that it really does not reflect the diverse, as I mentioned earlier, multinational, multicultural, and multilingual identities. And so people have asked, who gains from erasing specific experiences of individual people and diverse cultural identities within the Hispanic community? And more often than not, those are people who are not Hispanic as well as not black. There are lots of conversations around anti-blackness within Hispanic communities as well. And really what it is about how is it that we dismantle the oppression and the internalization of anti-black Concepts and stereotypes across all communities. And this is the argument that many Afro-Latinx organizers, artists, and writers are aiming to bring forth. Latinx identity also brings together people in South and Central America who share a history of Spanish colonization, but the category isn't defined by having a Spanish-speaking ancestry. Just like the United States, Latin America has a long and complex history that intersects between Native people, European colonization, African slavery, and global immigration patterns. So, we want to ensure that when we speak of Latinx and Hispanic people, that we are acknowledging the broad racial diversity as opposed to trying to represent them as one homogeneous group. From a business perspective, Latinx small business owners are the fastest growing group of entrepreneurs in the United States. Over the past 10 years, the number of Latinx business owners grew 34% compared to 1% for all business owners in the U.S., according to Stanford University. That same Stanford study found that Latinx-owned businesses contributed about $500 billion to the economy in annual sales. Latinx businesses employ more than 3 million people, according to the Stanford Latino Entrepreneurship Initiative, Latinx owned businesses account for about 4% of U.S. business revenues and 5.5% of U.S. employment. Yet Latinx owned companies still remain smaller than many white-owned firms, averaging 1.2 million in revenue compared with 2.3 million brought in by white-owned businesses. Latinx small business owners face similar systemic racism that has resulted in lower incomes and loan rates when you compare to other BIPOC-led businesses. So we're still dealing with these forms of systemic oppressions, colonization, and other issues. I think it's important to dispel the mainstream myth of this homogeneous Hispanic identity and really begin to discuss and explore the broad racial spectrum of experiences, as well as to discuss both the words Hispanic and Latinx and recognize that these terms are not necessarily accepted by everyone. And we still want to meet people where they are and allow them to share their stories and their histories And their experiences. That's all for me for now. Get ready and listen up to today's tip from Suki Singh. Hello everyone, this is Suki Singh aka Investing of the Investing Podcast with your weekly financial Friday tip. Are your electronics or phone getting really old? Recently, I just made a huge upgrade with my new phone from Samsung, and right now it's saving me a lot of time and hassle. What is one thing right now that you can invest in that will save you time and money in the future, that will give you an upgrade in your life? Maybe that's something to consider purchasing and investing in. With that said, that is your weekly financial Friday tip, and I'll speak to you soon. Bye-bye. Hey it's Coach Colette and this is the week's unplugged segment. So have you been feeling tired, overwhelmed, feeling like your energy has been drained? This week was the new moon in Virgo and again if you've been listening to the podcast you know that I am a moonie this new moon in Virgo is also the new moon in my sun sign, because I am a Virgo. And so I always pay a little bit more attention to this new moon. It's interesting, this new moon is helping us to really examine all of the unprocessed, undealt with wounds Looking at the areas in which our energy is being drained, looking at where we may have been overextending ourselves, looking where we have been fighting against things as opposed to allowing and receiving. The Virgo energy is about health, it's about purpose. It's about responsibility. I encourage you to think about, have you been overextending yourself? And it may seem weird to ask that in a pandemic. And yet, if you are still in this space of virtual working and trying to find the balance between all of the Zoom or Google Meet calls, and spending time with people that you care about, and connecting with loved ones that maybe you haven't seen in a while. Really just take a look at that and see, is there a way that you can interrupt the cycle? If you can interrupt perhaps some of the not so great ways that you have been coping with this situation and looking at how are you struggling. It's okay to examine that. It's okay to ask for help. It's okay to allow yourself to move through these cycles. I know for myself, I've been sheltering in place alone. And so I read on Virginia Rosenberg, who's one of the astrologers that I read occasionally. What's interesting, when she was talking about this moon, there are two sentences that really resonated with me, and they're in bold on the website. We are hungry to be held. We are hungry to be helped. And I can tell you that there are definitely moments where I feel like, gosh, I just would so love a hug. And I've actually, in my morning ritual, I have actually added that I call in safe touch, I call in safe hugs, I call in safe cuddles, because I also realize that Sometimes we need to be specific about what it is that we need for our help. I'll give a brief example. So I use my Google Mini to play relaxing sounds to help me to fall asleep as well as stay asleep. And I've been doing this for months now, and I usually just ask it to play relaxing white noise. It has been doing it, and it's been great. And then the night before the new moon, I did my same thing, and all of a sudden, it stopped playing. And so I called it again to play, and I drifted back to sleep, and then boom, it stopped playing again. And so I had a really restless night of sleep between waking up because it was going off, and do I turn it back on, and looking at my phone, and all of these things. And so last night, I decided, okay, I'm going to ask it to play. And same thing happened. As I was finishing my nighttime ritual, it stopped playing. And so this time I asked it to play, but I said, for 10 hours. And wouldn't you know it, it played the whole night through, into the morning. And what's interesting about that is I had never specified the time before. And yet, for whatever reason, something shifted. And now being specific about the time allowed me to have that full night's sleep of rest and relaxation. Another thing that I read is that the earth serves up everything we need to heal. That experience for me is an example of that. And it was just about me being more specific about what it was that I needed to heal, and then I was able to receive. This new moon is an opportunity to look back. It's an opportunity to reset. It's an opportunity to look at what's no longer serving you, clean up, clear out, simplify as needed, and get ready for. This end of the year, we are about to move into the fall equinox, if you are in the Northern Hemisphere like me, and we are about to move into the fourth quarter of 2020. So asking yourself, what can you release that no longer serves you? What would you like to call in, be that energies, experiences, and what can you do to heal yourself and give yourself more support as we continue to navigate all that we are dealing with right now. That's all for me right now. Be well, get some rest, and we'll speak again soon. So what is your takeaway from this week's Financial Fridays segment? What might you do differently around your money and your mindset? For more financial advice, you can check out Suki's podcast, Invest Sing, where I also share tips on his Wellness Wednesdays segment. If you enjoyed this episode and haven't already subscribed, you can do so on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you like to listen. You can also connect with me on Instagram at coach Colette for more inspiration on personal growth and wellness. Tune in next Friday for another episode and get ready to start within to finish strong. Thank you.